you know it's funny being from the cleveland area we always have like a, a i guess it's a sparring match or who's the worst city detroit or cleveland <laughs> and so i feel you detroit like it's it's tough out there Welcome, everyone, to episode 119 of Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your hosts, Stephen and Anthony. Hello, sir. Hello, Superman. You came flying in on an intro. You, like, flew in like a, hello. I came from a little further back tonight. There you go. That's nice. Glad to be back with you, kicking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know last time we were catching up on what you've been up to. Yes. Um, rotten eggs and spoiled milk. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I actually wanted to tell you about an experience that you missed by, I think, a day, if I I'm know. not mistaken. It, I yeah. think it was very close. Yeah. So a guy that I've known for a long time in the game named Andrew from Georgetown, mm-hmm. I mentioned him before in a previous episode. So he had contacted me. Oh, gosh. I can't remember. God, what are we now? It's like mid-end of August, end of September. I think it was in July at some point in time. And he sent me a message and just said, hey, I've gotten to know the new owners of a liquor store in Georgetown, mm. Kentucky. And I said, okay, great. He said, they're going to be wanting to do a barrel pick at bullet and hoping oh, it's a fun place. Yeah. Bullet. And he said, I'm hoping that we can have the mashup come out there. And of course I initially sent you a message and said, can you come pick? And you said, I'm going to be on the West coast. And I was like, Oh geez. I think it was like the day before I came home or like I was traveling. That day. I think it was the day that you were traveling home. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously we have um, Kenny and Caleb that have been on the mashup as well. And so I had extended the, uh, the invite over to them and they could both come as well, which was awesome. And so basically I wanted to tell you a little bit about what happened here, what transpired because it. you heard nothing about this. I'll try not to be long winded because you know, how I get long winded with my stories. Me, you know, like I'm like, you know, my nickname was mother goose in high school. <laughs> yeah, seriously. My friends passionately called me that cause he said I told too long of stories. So there you go. So anyway, um, I had no idea what to expect. Kenny's been on a lot of barrel picks. He's talked about that. Yeah, yes. uh, And Caleb has, I don't think, been on any that I know of. And then Andrew hadn't been on any picks. And then he brought his buddies who were um, um, Jake and Brandon. And so it was six of us. And when we got to Bullet, which is over there in, I think, Shelby County, we also had the store owners there. And so the new owners of Bluegrass Liquor Box in Georgetown are a guy named BK and the other one is Alan. So each of them, they're like family and they have each store on each end of town there yeah. in Georgetown. So that was pretty cool. And so they said, you know, we don't, we don't drink. <laughs> we're like, okay, so no pressure there, right? So the owners do, they're not drinkers and they wanted us to, you know, help them select a barrel. And it turns out it was their first barrel that they're ever going to have from their own, you know, stuff from their store. Like oh, fun. I don't know if they bought anything from the previous owners or anything like that. And so going into this completely blind, not knowing what to expect, we took like a distillery tour first, and then we came back and you know we're on like a bus, the six, you know, eight of us. Then we got to come back to the the actual 
area of the distillery where we would walk down these steps and there was like a table set up for us. It was really nice. They had notebooks and everything. They had pre-poured four different barrels for us. <laughs> so it wasn't like we got the thief out of the barrel or anything like that. It was a pre-pour thing. And we saw all four of them sitting around a table and um, we got to sit and taste and talk about these different barrels. And I thought it was a great experience, man. Like we had a ton of fun and we ended up picking something I thought was pretty darn special. <laughs> so okay. go, go ahead and review this. Um, no, because it's not out yet. I mean, when, when it comes out. When it comes out, we're definitely going to review it because here's what happened. Like, you can influence one another when you're tasting and everything like that. But um, I can't remember which one of us it was. I want, I'm going to say it was me because I want to be the hero, you know. <laughs> but Kenny will probably say it was him. Like, next time we record something with him, he'll probably have a different take. But we were all nosing, and all of us initially caught one that was very off profile. So the four glasses, one of them just did not smell like the other three. And so we were like, uh, you know, everyone kind of focused on that one. And the more we nosed it, the more we tasted it, it almost had like a vanilla custard flavor to it. Smells pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Smell and the taste. And it was just out of this world. It was like a spicy backbone. And we weren't really worried about anything else. We were just worried about like, okay, now that we know which one we like the best, where are the other competitors at? Who can we eliminate? And between the six of us, I thought it was a really great experience. Like we, we had a good time kind of vibing off one another, tasting, talking about the notes we were going with. And I think we picked a winner for them. And so I think that that bottle will be available in October at some point in time. You know, it's not often that we plug like just a random store that we don't really have any connection to um, or that we haven't shopped at a lot. But I think you're going to want to check out uh, Bluegrass Liquor Bucks in Georgetown uh, when that barrel pick comes out. Speaking of picks, we have another review. So this review comes to us from Bourbon Adam. Uh, that's Adam like the person, like the man, Adam, right? Versus and, what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking there. It was like oh. a superhero. What am I talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. You're not talking about like Adam like a cell, are you? Oh, Adam. That's what I was thinking okay. of. Yeah, like Adam like, yeah. So Adam. So hey, Adam. His title of his review is Fantastic Podcast. He said, this has become my favorite podcast by far. Listening to you guys describe what you're tasting notes are for specific bottles has been almost a guided tasting at times. Wow. Ooh. High compliment. He said other times they have been warnings to definitely pass on certain <laughs> bottles. And he talked about the Bernheim. Uh, he said single barrel episode, but I think it was the Bernheim ba the barrel proof stuff that came out recently, which he's referring to, which we didn't like that. So, yeah. So then he said, keep up the great work. So that's great. Um, we appreciate that review, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, no doubt. And if you'd like a shout-out, just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The next time we record, we will give you a shout-out. Anthony, it sure looks like you brought me a Dusty today. It does, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> but it's not. Are you sure? Uh, I don't know. It has a bottle date on it, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets past me. Woo! <laughs> so for this week, we have a bottle of Mare Pingree seven-year cash-strength bourbon whiskey. All right, so I have to quickly mention how we got this bottle. So this is the bottle that Andrew brought to the tasting for us. He said, wow. you know, one thing I'm going to mention, and I'll mention it again here at the end, is Andrew's a big fan of the podcast. He's been a supporter since Thank the beginning. You. Yeah, we appreciate that. And when he involved us in this barrel pick, which was ultra nice of him as well, at the end, he handed me this bottle of Pingree and said, I want you to review this on the podcast. And I said, that could be dangerous. And he said, I want to hear what you guys have to say. So I said, all right, okay. So this Mayor Pingree seven-year cast strength bourbon whiskey comes to us from Valentine Distilling in Detroit, Michigan. The bottle date is 2022. 
the ABV is 59.4%, proof being 118.8. The age is seven years. The mash bill is, well, I couldn't find a mash bill because we'll talk here in a second about the fact that this brand cut its teeth on MGP. But the um, MSRP on this bottle is $79.99. Wow. So this looks very dusty, like I've already said. It's got embossing on the upper part of the neck. Right. Um, the label itself looks like it's from 1800. <laughs> it's got that like off like old age. It's got like a, a cream with a red and, and the font they use is super old looking. Yeah. Um, there's some numbers on here, but what I really want to focus in on is why is there a, why is there a, cent, a 1960s Playmate centerfold <laughs> kind of as like a watermark on the back of this, this label here. Hey, wait a minute. I don't know if I saw that. Hey, oh, wow. Yeah. Who's that? I don't, she kind of like is uh, in the corner, top corner. And she yeah. kind of has like these bunny ears on or something. Yeah. She's and wearing like, the, a, uh, one, like those old, like black, like one piece. Oh, what, bunny, what bunnies would wear back in the day for Playboy. Bro, why are you getting all hot and bothered over there? Look, <laughs> look down below the uh, pingree here. There's her legs. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, you, you didn't see probably. that. I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw that. Um, Which yeah. lead is right to the to the number. So this is cash strength. This is cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dynamite drop it. Yeah. <laughs> so seven years, huh? Yeah. Good I mean, whiskey. Takes the bottle time. is like it's it's super thick. Uh-huh. I think, and uh, it's got a nice black cork that's actually cork. Um, is it synthetic or it's actual cork? Synthetic. Okay. All right. But I can't get over how old this bottle looks. There's nothing else on it besides a couple front and back sticker and a single barrel beverage warehouse selection. Yes. But besides that, uh, it just looks really old. It does. And I don't know that I have much more to add to this other than saying that you mentioned it's a single barrel pick. They do have the non-chill filtered on here and they have the signature of their president and founder. And um, I don't know. It's kind of like the Valentine distilling and bossing on the top half of the bottle is as big as the label. (laughs) So... But the label your, itself it looks is good, raised. Yeah, it looks nice. It does look old, though, like you said, which is pretty cool. And I kind of might attribute that to my Midwestern sensibilities. So you guys know I'm from Ohio. And there's this distillery. They, I said Detroit, but it's like Ferndale, which I think is a northern suburb. It's very saloony. So, yeah, very saloon. Yeah. yeah. It's a throwback. It is. It's called a throwback. So Mayor Pingree bourbon uh, is something that I didn't know a whole lot about. Have you ever heard of it before we have this tonight? No, yeah. never. In fact, until Andrew gave us this bottle, I had only seen people buying this on, you know, enthusiast pages, as we often say. And when I inquired about it for the first time, I realized that they were sourcing some really well-aged MGP, like a lot of brands. And so I wasn't really sure what to make of it here. But they do have a stock product, which is their regular red label whiskey, which is aged at least five years. And that's their like core product that they have put out. They triple pot distill their bourbon, which, you know, we know talked about column stills versus pot mm-hmm. stills being a little bit different dis- yeah. distillation process. So this particular product is um, interesting because it's named after the person who is the the mayor of Detroit from 1890 to 1897. It's very specific. It is. It's <laughs> His name was Hazen S. Pingree. Oh, and rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It rolls off the tongue. And it... <laughs> And I was going to say, as we're laughing over here, he's widely regarded as one of the best uh, mayors in Detroit's history. And Detroit's been around for a long time. I mean, they have to go all the way back to 1800s, huh? That's right. And, 
<laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it's funny being from the Cleveland area. We always have like a, a I guess it's a sparring match over who's the worst city, Detroit or Cleveland. <laughs> and so I feel you, Detroit. Like it's it's tough out there. And so he's considered to be one of the best mayors in U.S. history. And he was also a champion for um, fighting monopolies and corruption, which is good, right? Because we want to fight monopolies and corruption. Okay. And he was also a shoe man, a man after my own heart. Ah, the old cobbler. Yeah, an old cobbler. So apparently, like, this guy was like a renaissance man. He was, like, fighting for the Union in the Civil War. And, and then he, he was in like, a back alley shop fixing people's souls and, <laughs> well, and heels. I think he waited until he was out of the war. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then when he moved to Detroit, he became a very good shoemaker. He was a cobbler. He was a good one. He was a wealthy guy. Is, is that a common, like, post-mayor job? Uh, I guess so. If you think about it, though, it's not like it is back in the day. I think it was like you got a pair of shoes and you really had to rely on that pair of shoes, you know, like you're getting them fixed and stuff. So there was this guy in Lexington downtown. Okay. That I think he cobbled shoes, I'm going to say 60 years or something. And like everyone took him. I don't think he's changed his prices in like 50 of those years. Okay. And everyone took like their shoes there to, I guess, fix. Okay. And then he retired just a couple (laughs) years ago. Did he, I did, think I think around COVID time he like retired. Do you know if he retired into like Antigua like or something? His, like all of his equipment <laughs> and yeah. like cash register, I think were from like God knows when. Oh man! So so you're telling me we have old timey cobbler yeah. over here that was like Pingree? Yeah. There you go. Perfect. He was an old man, right? He did everything. <laughs> he was he was cobbling the shoes. He was making policy. He was fighting corruption. He's just like you know he's the man of the pre Motor City Detroit, and so that's all you need to know. And that's a namesake they picked for this bourbon. Interesting. Yeah. Well, with those fun facts out of the way. Oh, God. Should we go for our first news? Let's do it. Oh, my God. It's corn. You know, it's interesting, Anthony. When we when you first brought this bottle down, yep. it's already half gone, right, the bottle. Right. And I, I took the cork off of it. Yes. And I sniffed it. And there was absolutely nothing that came to my nose. Maybe a slight pixie stick. Okay. Of That's all I could nose. I mean, there was Both no sugars. ethanol. There was no wood. There was just nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different now that it's in the Glencairn. I agree. Uh, you get the heat right off the bat, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it does almost 120 proof. Yeah. But it's just crazy that in the bottle, none of that was coming through. Right. I mean, absolutely nothing. You, I put my nose in there, and it was just air. Right. So I'm getting some very specific scents now. And the one that I'm going to say, which is really strange, that it just came to me now, is you ever get those... Um, those oatmeal packets, like the instant oatmeal packets, Quaker Oats. You know, cinnamon sugar? Yes, not cinnamon sugar. I'm talking about specifically the strawberries and cream. Hmm. Um, I usually go cinnamon sugar, but okay. I know about the strawberries and cream. Okay, yeah. 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 So strawberries and cream is my jam. That was the one. That was like the dinosaur on. eggs, if you're ever interested. The dinosaur yeah, eggs? Yeah, the di- dinosaur eggs version. Oh, really? Yeah. No, sure. They've been around for a while. Okay. There's a guy in my office that used to have it a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I used to crack me up. <laughs> I was like, how, how old are we? <laughs> So exactly, <laughs> sugar, sugar and oats. That's basically what it was. getting the, the the notes of sugar and oats. So maybe a little grainy. Um, but the wood is interesting in this. It's yes. like a yes. It's almost like wood esters. So it's not like um, well aged or seasoned oak. It's almost like a little leaning on the younger side a little bit. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When you were saying that, I was getting that. Besides getting scorched, my nose getting scorched or singed from the uh, ethanol. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like a, a a dry wood. So besides the the caramel note I get, yeah, I feel like there's a dry leaf in there. I don't know if it's tobacco, but I f- 
feel like I'm getting some sort of dry, crispy scent. I agree with that. Maybe it's just like a dried out forest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lumber, the t- terroir of the Michigan region. Maybe it's Detroit. Maybe, the glass. maybe it's fall. There you go. It's fall. That stuff matters, you know, like water oh, I know. And, I know. and climate yeah. and all that stuff. So, all right. While we're nosing here, I wanted to tell you guys that actually Mayor Pingree or Valentine Distilling actually has a longer history than we give it credit for. It was founded in 2007, and their first bourbon that they bottled was called Woodward Limited. So maybe the wood. You think it's got to do with the wood here? Yeah, there you go, maybe. That might be it. And that was bottled at 88 proof, and it looked like the Pingree bottle, but um, apparently that was their first thing. But like a lot of brands, their success is traced to our wonderful good old you-know-what. Our friends in Indiana? Yes, sir. So the people in Indiana, when I say that I said earlier in the episode, they cut their teeth on this particular, you know, on this brand is because they were actually sourcing some really well-aged stuff. And Mm so I actually told Andrew we were going to be doing this episode (laughs) and recording it. And he sent me a picture of a black label 15-year Mayor Pingree. And I went, wow, what is that? And he said, it's 15-year MGP. (laughs) So I was like, holy God. And so now I know I gave us this bottle, not that one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, so that's kind of where they, they got their name. They have a blue and black label also associated with the brand. The one we we're drinking tonight is Red Label. Yeah, I guess it's red. Yeah, so I think the black and blue are yeah. both contain MGP juice. And then I think when they originally put their first distillate out, they were mixing their own stuff with MGP to create like a, a small batch blend. So we've seen over the over the years and episodes that, you know, Distillers will um, source MGP, right? Right. And then at some point, they decide to come out with their own their own juice, right? Mm-hmm. It's always interesting at what year they feel comfortable with their own expressions. Right. So we've had some that come out of two years, three, four. <laughs> bad idea. Right. Yeah. You know, bad, bad Don't idea. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And then, not good. So here, the, the mayor the with mayor. the uh, centerfold in the background. Oh, yeah. They came out of five. Mm-hmm. And now this is a seven year, right? So curious how you know what their idea of it now is that I guess they didn't have a six, right? So this would be their second, you know, their second bottling, I guess. I think so. And I'm not super versed, but I did a little bit of the, the googling beforehand, yeah. and I did see more seven year. I don't think I saw any six. So you're on to something there. So maybe they just waited longer to get like into bottling that stuff. And I also noticed that if you try to find in the ultra age MGP stuff, it's really expensive. Yeah. So, um, there seems to be kind of like a, a little bit of a, a method to the madness there. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Okay. So, Good. so we, let's go ahead and taste this thing. Cause I'm interested now with the age All right. um, and their own stuff, what it tastes like. Sounds good. Let's go. Is it going to be delicious? I've got thoughts right off the bat. Okay. Hmm. This is seven year. Right. Why does it taste like a three and a half year old? <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that because I actually thought that if you like grainy, and when I say if you like grainy, yeah. this actually has a lot of grain to it. And okay. you think that maybe it could be because of the climate? I mean, Michi- I'm assuming. Michigan, right? Yeah, I'm That's, assuming that they're aging there. I don't it, know. It, if, they're, if they're warehouses are up there, right? Right. That climate, they have a longer winter, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Harder winter than, than we have down here in the, the south. A thousand percent. So 
the wood pores are not going to open up as much as as the south, right? They're going to stay closed tighter during those winter months. Absolutely. Um, really constricting what that liquid is going to go in and out with the char and mixing with the char and the barrel and the wood and the flavor and, and all that stuff. I'd agree with that. Um, and just the environment too of the other plants in nature blooming and not blooming and sure so now that we've tried this and it's seven year and it, we're saying it tastes like a three or four year old very green product right is that because of that um the climate change it might be i mean the one thing we don't really know is the mash bill but we also don't know yeah. about relative humidity a lot of things that impact the aging of bourbon but i think you're definitely onto something there because it does seem like it tastes a little bit younger than it would otherwise but i do have to give it a little props because i think i gotta go back and check my mental rolodex but some of the craft we've tasted at four and five years old definitely taste too like grassy too young so when it comes to the flavor of this where we've tasted some other craft that's like four and five years old and it kind of like is a little bit worrisome when I say mm -hmm. worrisome because yeah. it tastes extremely young. This like does releasing it. Yeah, this does have more developed flavors. And so what the best way to describe this is, but it's actually very sweet. It's very corn forward. It is corn forward. Um yeah, and like it actually has a nice sweetness to it, but it has a little bit of that aftertaste, which is like <laughs> I, I've described it in many different ways. When it's a weeder, I describe it as stale bread. Now it's a traditional bourbon. I'm assuming it's a traditional high-ride bourbon. What is interesting is there's no, it doesn't have a lot of spice, but it has like a weird. It has um, a heat to it though. Has heat. Yeah. But it has like a weird back-end like flat note to it. I don't really know how I would describe that, but it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not bad. Let's put it that way. So, so how, are you, how are you personally getting past the, the young taste to it? Well, I would say that sometimes when you taste like, you know how you hear people say like, oh, there's folks that want to taste oak and they want to taste age. And then there's other folks that want to taste grains. And if you want to taste grains, you'll be really, I don't know why I'm using this voice, but it's fun. Well, if you it, want to taste old timey, kind of like the yeah, bottle. old timey, have the grains. Well, this to me is a good representation of a grain forward bourbon that actually does not taste bad. Some grain forward, like I said, is either like stale bread, moldy grass, uh, very green. I'm not getting as much green as maybe you're getting. I don't know. I'm getting a little bit more in development of the sugars, the wood sugars and things like that that actually are not. I'm liking it the more I sip it. Is drink hotter than 118? I don't think so. But I don't know if I'm just, yeah, to me it doesn't, but I don't know. I think that I've I've noticed something. You're not what high proof bourbons. I'm thinking like what high proof bourbons have you actually liked that we try? I think you got a sweet spot of the the proof that you like. I kind of am all over the place, but I think you have a sweet spot of the proof you like. I think it's just a matter of how well it's aged, right? Yeah. Like if it's one thirty, one forty, but it goes down smooth. Right. I I don't mind drinking it. Yeah. But if it's like a hard. 110 so you're getting a hard you're getting a hardness to this is <laughs> yeah. what you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's no, like I get that. different animals yeah like, yeah i don't mind that the heat the warmthness of it is just as long as it's uh it's smooth yeah yeah no absolutely so steven as we're talking through a taste in this this mayor pingree old ping i think it's old ping um <laughs> i think that's what his nickname was <laughs> anyway I'm thinking about the fact that fall bourbon season is here again. Mm. And last already. year, yeah, already. I mean, it seems like it just crept up on us. 
Last year we talked about what our expectations were. I know that you mentioned you wanted to get a little book, and you actually did get one, and we tasted it just recently, yeah. which was a lot of fun. So what? just give me your, your thoughts on fall bourbon release season and what you're looking forward to and what you're hoping to get your hands on. Well, by default, I always want a WOW. Okay. But me too. those never happen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, seriously, ever since I saw that email from Makers, yeah, I want that bottle. Yeah, still thinking about that. I'm still thinking so about the bottle. We've been talking about it for years. Right. Um, I want that bottle. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Like, we talk about all the ones that come out is being like what we're going to chase. But that bottle, I think, is worth chasing. Yes. And I think it's worth chasing, like, even if you don't, like, it, sacrifice something else. Like, if you if you had a store owner that said, like, hey, I got this, but I got this. If they pull out Little Book or Makers, you know, what are you going to take? You're probably taking the Makers, right? That's interesting. Like, <laughs> I'm wondering, in there. what's the quantity of Makers going to release? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what Makers is doing. The other thing is, is, like, they're supposedly, the way they did this was they were taking regular barrels that they had aged in for, like, six years. Yeah. Then they're moving them to a place in the warehouse where they don't age as fast to mellow them. I think is their point, right? <sighs> to mellow, so you have like a mellow weeder at eleven or twelve years old. Gosh, like, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just really damn exciting. Like, yeah, I, mean, I agree. We we always said if they came out with like a twelve year, yeah, would kill everyone. Oh, absolutely. And, and I kind of want to put my money in my mouth. Next, you know what I mean? If we get that's a that's the mission. We got to get that bottle. That bottle. I want to review it. Yeah. Not only do we have to get it, we got to open it as soon yes. as we get it. Review it. <laughs> I want that. I want that bad boy to breathe. Yep. I want to review it. Yeah, I agree. And enjoy it. Yeah, me too, man. No, I think that's a good one. And that, I'm like, yeah, I think that's that'll be my top because I don't get the, I don't get out as much. So yeah. if I can get that one, I, I feel pretty happy. Well, I will. I'm gonna. You know, we got to work together here. So I'm hoping that maybe I can locate one of those help you out help us out mm -hmm. see if we can get our hands on some of those makers but for me it's actually interesting because i wanted to hate this release as much as i could back when it released a couple of years back but king of kentucky has emerged for me i know you don't like that one as much we tasted it we reviewed it that's emerged for me as one of my top of my list of wanting to get every time it releases and it usually should release sometime this year um, knowing that I'm going to have a hard time getting a Van Winkle or a hard time getting, yeah. uh, Honestly, you know, those don't all those things are much. like, yeah. yeah, those goes without saying, like if we can get our hands on any of those, we're going to pick them up. Right. Yeah. But when you talk about like the, the myriad of special releases that are coming this fall, um, I know we don't talk about each of them, but there's a whole bunch of things that you could be on the lookout for. But um, there's a couple of things that like I think are extremely special, and um, we're gonna get you that makers, brother. No oh, man, I got I'm gonna have money already sitting on the counter for yeah. it. Well, if I find that makers, I'm charging you secondary for it. What do you think secondary would be for that? I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. So God. it's going for 150. Well, I guess it retail. You know what? I've always said this, and I've said it for many years. I mean, there's nothing of makers on secondary, is there? There isn't really anything on secondary, but here's how Except it's gonna determine whether yeah. there's a secondary. People are gonna taste it. And they will speak accordingly, yeah. right? We've made jokes about Penelope Rio. Mm -hmm. Penelope Rio is an $85 bottle, but it sells regularly for $250 because enough people like the way it tastes and they're willing to pay $250 for it. Everything's always worth what people are willing to pay for it. So if Makers comes out the gate and gets a lot of excellent reviews and people love it, then the, the sky's the limit. It could be a $300 bottle, at least double. Yeah. But if it's just okay and people say, oh, it's just okay, or if it's abundantly available, like it's sitting everywhere, yeah. then it might be easier to get. And if yeah. it is, 
hey, who's going to argue with that? Right. So, Anthony, would you pass, try, or buy on the Mayor Pigree seven-year cash strength? It's the price for me on this one, right? So this yes. is 80 bucks for yes. a single barrel. If I'm going on price alone, I'm probably going to pass. Mm-hmm. But I will say that for a little bit more of a grain forward profile, um, I did really enjoy drinking it. So I'm really just going to say I'm going to go a um, try try minus on this one. Okay. This is easy for me. Okay. 80 bucks. Yeah. It tastes like it's a three-year-old. Had some interesting notes, but I did not enjoy the 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 tasting of it all so i'm a pass oh my goodness oh yeah. no okay well yeah. i'm gonna have to circle back with andrew he might never invite us on another <laughs> pick again right yeah, we didn't know but he didn't he didn't make this or anything he just wanted us to try it and i think mm-hmm. our i appreciate opinions. it yeah and that's what this podcast is yeah. about right we just give our own it's opinions. a nice uh nice new uh yeah avenue to explore and right and uh i appreciate that Exactly, and I just will say this: the first time I met Andrew was buying some uh, some bottles off him in the parking lot up in Hamburg, mm-hmm. and we we joked about like getting together for drinks and everything else. And so now the fact that we've done a barrel pick together, he was nice, cool to have that kind of interaction with our with our people, and we'll look forward to more. Before we before we leave, my my uh, my a couple of my neighbors had birthdays over the weekend. Okay, yeah, back to back. So nice. Um, so him and his wife went out to Jake's Cigar Bar. Okay, yeah, here in our backyard. And uh, had some cocktails, and then went out to dinner. Okay. And then we're going to do something else, but because the cocktails were so good at Jake's, they went back after dinner. Oh, nice. And so, you know, I think I need to, I need to get back to Jake's and try some of these cocktails they have there. Yeah, I think so, too. And, in fact, it's a good plug for uh, someone who's right in our backyard and has a mm-hmm. uh, excellent, it's like, if you come to Lexington, you got to go to Jake's, yeah. right? Yeah, no doubt. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts in the bottom of the comment section. Don't forget to visit our partner, bourbonoutfitter.com. Enter code The Mashup for a special discount. Until next time, keep it neat. <laughs>